Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. There are many needs in our communities, and there are many dedicated individuals and nonprofits working to meet those needs. They sometimes don't get the recognition they deserve, and you may want to help but don't know where or how. Well, periodically on Access Utah, we open the phone line, email, and Twitter to give you the opportunity to spotlight a nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. Today is one such program. And uh, so here is the email, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. You're welcome to email us, a brief email, uh, spotlighting uh, the nonprofit or individual of your choice. Um, or you could call us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. With me in studio for the hour is Amy Anderson, Director of Outreach for the Sunshine Terrace Foundation and Spiritual Counselor with Sunshine Hospice in Logan. And uh, we will uh, be talking with representatives from nonprofits throughout uh, the hour. Amy Anderson, welcome back to the program. Well, thanks, Tom. I'm always so excited to be here because we really do have amazing organizations and individuals here in Cache Valley, and I know throughout the state that that do good, and it's important to recognize them. Yeah. Uh, of course, for profits do some good as well. We'll, we'll hear an interconnection with that later in the program. Um, government. You're now involved with government, right? Yes, uh, I am involved with government. It's It's been a great learning experience. Uh, on on the Logan City Council. Yep, now. yep, that's right. But uh, have your nonprofits hat on uh, today. So uh, we're, we're grateful to have you uh, with us. And I believe we have immediately on the line with us uh, Sherry Newton with uh, the Utah Disability Law Center. Uh, we're, welcome to the program. Good morning, Tom and Amy. Thanks for having me. Good Good morning to you. We want to hear briefly about Utah Disability Law Center. Tell us the thumbnail sketch. What do you, what do you guys do? Well, the Disability Law Center is a nonprofit civil rights organization. We're dedicated to enforcing and strengthening the laws that protect the opportunities, choices, and legal rights of Utahns with disabilities. So we administer federally mandated legal advocacy programs for people with disabilities. We're uh, part of a network that was born in the 1970s when Congress, excuse me, when Congress spring, spring realized are striking. that they must do something about the deplorable conditions in institutional environments. So agencies like ours were created to ensure that people were not being abused and neglected. And since then, those early beginnings, other advocacy programs have been added to ensure that programs such as special education and vocational rehabilitation, Medicaid, all of others are providing services as they should to the people that they should be serving. Um, you do you do advocacy at the legislature? Notice on your on your web page there's a, there's a legislative update. I imagine you do policy. We do have some policy work, um, and uh, we have a great grant that's not. Funded by our federal grants, but the Eccles Foundation's been very good to us, and so that we can do some of that public policy work. You have on your website uh, success stories. Could you tell me a success story? Sure, I I could tell you a few really brief ones. We have um, callers, many callers that are at risk of losing their employment because of a physical or mental condition that's interfering with their performance at work. And many times we've been able to work with an employee and an employer to find a reasonable solution. Sometimes it's just as simple as allowing a grocery checker to use a stool 
instead of standing the entire shift. And other times it may take a more creative solution. I think our employment work is a really good example of how we try to resolve things at the lowest level possible. Uh, when when somebody calls us for help, we provide help at the level that they need. Maybe they just need information about their legal rights and how to advocate for themselves. Sometimes we go ahead and investigate a situation that might be going on and provide direct representation. But within that employment work, we're very aware that the employee and the employer have to continue to have a relationship when we're gone. And so just try to, you know, be very educational in our way of approaching and coming to a good solution for both. I don't know. Amy, do you have a question for Sherry? Yeah, Sherry, do you help with um, housing options as well for individuals with disabilities? We do help with housing in terms of um, making sure that people's rights are protected under the Fair Housing Act and under the Americans with Disabilities Act so um, that people aren't being discriminated against in housing and that they get, may get housing accommodations that they need. And, and housing is one area that we work on behalf of all protected classes. So. In every other area at the Disability Law Center, we're only working under disability law, but we have a grant through the um, HUD that allows us to work for all protected classes. So if someone is in one of those classes and feels that they have an issue or they need some assistance, how do, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I know you, you work up here in Cache Valley, but there's services throughout the state through the Disability Law Center, correct? There is. We're, our, our main office is in Salt Lake City. We serve the entire state. If anyone wants to access any of our services, um, they can go to our website at disabilitylawcenter.org and fill out a form there. Most people just give us a call and can talk to our uh, stat folks. It's kind of our intake line, and that number is 800-662-9080. All right, those are the contact points. I'm just going to ask you about that, so you're you're all over all over that. Uh, repeat the website if you, if you would. Disabilitylawcenter.org. Okay, and how best for people to help? Is it is it cash? Is it is it volunteering? What? Uh, how best to help? Oh, to help us out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, donations are always welcome. And in the different areas that we work in, we I haven't mentioned we work, you know. Uh, with students who may be going to college and need accommodations or um, students who are in special education services. We can help people get appropriate assistive technology through Medicaid or Voc Rehab or independent living services. Um, so anyone, we have many coalitions that we work with other organizations and consumers as well. We have an advisory council for just the work that we do on behalf of individuals with mental illness. And we're always looking for consumers and family members and professionals who have experience with mental illness that could be a part of our advisory council. Okay. Um, let's see. We have, uh, we'll, we'll let you go, um, uh, Sherry. We have a, a caller on the line who's going to tout uh, uh, some good being done in the community. Sounds like a lot of good being done there. Utah Disability Law Center, Sherry Newton from that organization. And uh, just uh, one more time, uh, disabilitylawcenter.org is the place to go. Uh, Sherry Newton, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. 
You're welcome to uh, call Spotlight to give a brief spotlight to your uh, favorite um, uh, nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. And we have with us Amy Anderson for the hour, Director of Outreach for Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan. Uh, we have Troy in, I believe, Logan, who's joined us by uh, phone. Troy, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. What, uh, what, what organization or individual do you want to spotlight? Um, organization, but a volunteer within that organization as well. It's Zuta which is a private nonprofit zoo up in Logan. And we have a volunteer that I like to spotlight of Roy Hales. Roy is the owner of, of Duck Works here in Cache Valley, and, and he came on board at the zoo about a year ago, and he's got extensive experience in, in working with and building Boy Scout camps down in California for about 40 years. And when he came over to the zoo last year, he, he saw where we are efforts in trying to grow the zoo, and he's kind of taken the, the bit bull by the horn, so to speak, and he's just been active in, in getting renovations, coming to him and getting donations and helping us um, renovate the zoo and in, in creating more spaces for exhibits and in getting people involved. Right now we're in the process of, of uh, renovating one of our buildings for a better commissary for, for diet preparation, and, and then restrooms actually inside the zoo. They've gone almost 50 years without having restrooms inside the zoo. And that's one thing that he's just been really, um, uh, what I try is to take a lead role in getting that accomplished and just wanted to highlight his efforts and appreciate all these doing help build the zoo and be a better resource for tourism here in the area. Yeah. It's, it's the power of what a, a good volunteer can do, right? Yes. And he's just kind of a, a, an example of one. I mean, we've, we've had, we have, over a thousand volunteers a year that come in and help us with various things at the zoo, and we just couldn't do it without our volunteers. And we appreciate what they do to not only our organization but the community as well. So, Troy, if people want to volunteer with Zuta, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, or do they talk to you directly, or do you have a volunteer manager for Zuta, or help us understand we, how we, we can help? We have them either call us at area code four three five eight nine zero three zero or email us at director at zutah.org. So are you guys open for the spring? Is is the zoo reopened? We, and... We're gradually in We're open Thursdays through Saturdays, noon to 6. And as May progresses, we'll open more days, and by Memorial Day we'll be open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6 p.m., and we're closed on Sundays. And this is a, this is a Willow Park area in Logan, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right, uh, Troy from Zuta. He's he's highlighting. Uh, tell me again the name of the volunteer. Roy Hales. Roy Hales. Well, uh, good work, Roy Hales. Uh, thanks to you, Troy, for for highlighting thank Zuta you for there. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, day. thank you. Uh, you're welcome to call as well. Highlight your favorite volunteer or uh, or nonprofit doing good in Utah. And the number is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And uh, we go next uh, to, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Halen uh, Sievink? Yes, you did it. <laughs> okay, that's at least close. All right. With, uh, with and here's another minefield, TFA Humanitarian? Typhi. Typhi. Typhi Humanitarian. So uh, tell us what uh, Typhi does. So Typhi, we've been around here in Utah for 10 years, and we help marginalized people provide for their own basic needs. And for us, that looks like supporting projects where people need solar power, where they need shelter, food, uh, water, 
um, and education access. So we have projects throughout the world and here in Utah that all have to do with those basic needs. Sounds like really good work. Um, where where all do you uh, where all do you work? Is it uh, around well, Utah, around I, the I U.S.? I just got back from Ghana, where we're doing a solar power project with some local Utah companies here. So that's one of our projects. We're doing a lot in Puerto Rico right now, as you can imagine, with rebuilding, bringing some reliable shelter, power, food access there. And then we have some projects here in Utah with a local charter school called Roots in West Valley, as well as partnering with the IRC and the East African Goat Project here. Just a few, handful of our projects, plus we have a few schools in Congo that we support as well. So do you bring people from Utah to those locations to to help? Do you partner with local agencies in those other nations? Explain a little bit about um, what your needs are with volunteers and, and how people here in Utah can help. Sure. So with our international trips, we really try to rely on local groups there that already understand the culture and are there for a long-term relationship. Um, We've just found that there's so much more long-term support internationally that can happen when you partner with organizations there. Um, But here locally, we do use a lot of volunteers um, for our programs at Roots with with help in their gardens, with career fairs, with um, counseling, after-school tutoring, um, and then with our Light Up Puerto Rico project, we've had a lot of volunteers um, get together to help us package uh, the solar power that we've sent down, or unpackage rather, <laughs> to put in the suitcases, um, and gather supplies, especially at, there at the beginning, right after Hurricane Maria had helped. So we I mean, really have had an amazing, amazing support from Utah people who just want to help and come out of the woodworks when there's especially a disaster. So where, how do people touch base with you? How do they let you know that they're willing and able to volunteer? Yeah, they're, anyone's welcome to come to our website, tifi.org, T-I-F-I-E.org, and shoot a message to, to me there, and we can put you on our list so that when, when something comes up like a major disaster and we're trying to roll out some products quickly, some shelters or solar powers that we could use their help there, or if they're specifically interested in education and working with us at Roots as well, I could give you a list of things that we're always looking for help with to partner with that local school. And as well as uh, Instagram and Facebook, you can find us on there as well. Well, it sounds like uh, ambitious and a lot of good being done. <laughs> I'm reading on the website, uh, you're committed to five pillars, shelter, power, water, food, and education. Yes. So what is Typhi? Is that an acronym for something, or explain your name to me? It's kind of unusual. Yes, it is. So when our founders started, they started by Robert and Angie Workman, and Robert is or was the owner of Provocraft, and Robert, he invented the cricket. He's kind of a local Utah business person and had so much um, belief that when someone has a job and when they have employment, that that really goes so far for their family and for their community. So when they wanted to start their foundation, they came up with the acronym TIFI that stands for Teaching Individuals and Families Independence Through Enterprise. And we really started with a lot of enterprise-based projects. Um, when we started in Congo 10 years ago, we had a brick-making company, a trucking company, some really big, big ambitious undertakings. And now we've kind of scaled that back a little further to helping send products that are sustainable and help people create income for themselves or and to give them those basic needs so that they can provide for themselves. 
Well, it sounds like some great work there. Uh, how best for people to help? You know, right now, I mean, as not fun as it sounds, money goes so far for us to ship, uh, you know, solar lights to Puerto Rico. To send, We're sending shelters around the world right now for refugees. So all of all of the donations that come into Taipei, 100% of those go to our project because we have um, an endowment fund that covers all of our operational expenses. So you could be really confident that anything you donate goes directly to our projects. That's a great way. Or if you want to get involved with some local education opportunities right now, you can contact me and we can get you connected over to Roots. All right. And the, the website uh, for uh, Typhi Humanitarian is uh, typhi.org, T-I-F-I-E.org. We've been talking with uh, Halen uh, Sievink from that organization. Thank you so much. Yes, our pleasure. Thank you. And we have the calls coming in. Uh, thank you so much. We're, we're spotlighting uh, great individuals and nonprofits who are doing so much good in our communities. That's uh, sometimes they don't get the recognition that they that they deserve. And perhaps you uh, want to help, but uh, don't know exactly how to go about that. So we're wa- wanting to connect everybody up here to uh, encourage doing good in our communities. We go next to Michael in Logan. Michael, glad you called. Hey, nice to be with you. Appreciate you taking time to uh, devote some energy to drawing attention to these nonprofits. It's a lot of people doing good work. Yeah, in the cer- world. certainly is, certainly is. So who who are you with? Um, I'm Michael Bingham. I have an organization called Jump the Moon Foundation. Uh, if you've been down Main Street in Logan recently, near the dollar store um, at 553 North Main, we're, we've taken over the old Miller Glass building and created an art studio that is especially adaptive to helping people with disabilities uh, to be able to express themselves and have a way to um, to use art as a as a tool for communication and expression and even vocationally to become uh, a professional artist and be able to sell their work. Uh, so tell me, uh, that sounds fascinating. Uh, can you maybe tell me a story of someone that... Uh... That, that's yeah, come in. We've got, quite a, uh, we've got several artists already, and we're fairly new. Uh, we've only been in that building about five months. Um, if you go in there, it's, uh, it's like an artist's wonderland already. It looks like we've been there a couple of years. But um, really it fun Paint space. splattered everywhere, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, there is a studio that, that is uh, definitely a place where art is made. And uh, one of our artists um, especially is fun to watch. You can actually see her yourself if you go to the Valley Channel. Uh, they just did a segment on us, and we have an artist named Kea who paints with a wheelchair. Her paintings, um, it's hard to paint anything small with a wheelchair, a power chair. And um, so the one she's working on right now is about 12 foot by 9 foot, and it's a big canvas, and we put the canvas on the floor. And I've adapted uh, this power chair to be able to be a painting machine. And um, if you want to, it's hard for me to describe, but you get it instantly when you watch uh, the little Valley Channel segment um, and watch her paint with that chair. It's really fun. Uh, Years ago, several years ago, I gave a TED Talk, one of the USU TED Talks, and uh, featured Kea in my TED Talk back then with another chair that I made for her to paint with. Um, we've got several artists that use those. We've got a lot of other adaptive kinds of equipment that that I'm inventing. It doesn't really, you won't find them anywhere else really in the world. And 
um, it opens up all kinds of options for people that have challenges um, to be able to make big, beautiful art and um, be able to do that in a fun, expressive way. So why is art so important, Michael? Like, I mean, t- explain to us why, why you feel so passionate about providing this opportunity for everybody. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and I, I, my quest is to help the world see that art is so important. I teach high school art as well and have done, this is my 10th year teaching high school art. And um, for, for a lot of people, art provides a way of expressing their feelings and their emotions and their thoughts and ideas um, in a way that um, is unlike anything else. In fact, art really translates into any language, um, you know, it crosses all kinds of boundaries. And um, what, what led to this was I had quite a few students with disabilities in my art classes that um, I could see that art was really helping. It was really a good thing. But when you have a lot of students in a classroom, maybe you only get five minutes a day with somebody and um, I could see that if I had more space and more time to devote to um, exploring the possibilities, that we could really come up with some fun ideas. And so about five years ago, I started dreaming about a big studio space where we can do just that, like really unlock somebody's abilities and help them by making the right tools and creating the opportunity, providing the supplies, that they can really jump in and uh, start making the things that they may have dreamed about making for years but just didn't have the the uh, right equipment or the right mentorship to be able to do that. Well, Michael, very interesting. I'd love to talk to you more. We have callers piled up, so I'm Great. very oh, glad yeah. to. Uh, but before we go, how best for people to help Jump the Moon? Um, we're using all kinds of volunteers and helpers, but probably the best thing to do is to come Saturday morning, uh, between 9 and noon, like we just have open studio. Just come try it out. And we do the same thing Monday evenings from 5 until 8 in the evening. Uh, come down, check it out, 553 North Main. We have a website kind of under construction. It's jumpthemoon.org. And uh, my my phone number's on there, or you can give me a call, 750-5066. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Okay, great work. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, Jump the Moon Foundation, you can find uh, them, jumpthemoon.org. Um, so we go next to um, Charles, who has been waiting patiently. Uh, Charles, um, thanks for joining. Maybe maybe we've lost him. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. hello Charles, yeah. are you there? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm uh, with the Citizens Climate Lobby, uh, which is a local, or I mean a... Uh, a national organization, but with uh, local chapters, and there is half a dozen local chapters here in Utah, and there are chapters all around uh, the country now, and it's and we're growing uh, quite rapidly. And our main concern is uh, finding uh, practical solutions to greenhouse gas emissions. And I, I, you know, as I listen to these other people talk about their organizations, I think. It's a two-way street. It's like the community needs things, and here are the people, uh, and here are these loner people who need a community to connect to. And so it's a two-way street that benefits both the community and the 
uh, individual, and that certainly has been the case with me. You know, I felt like sort of a lone voice in the woods until I found, you know, that there are others who share this concern, and and together we can do things, and we have. uh, You know, we actually uh, have accomplished things. Uh, You know, for example, uh, in 2010, our Utah State Legislator Lecture uh, passed a bill that was, well, to put it in short terms, uh, was a climate denial bill. And so what do you do, you know, when you see your, your society sort of going off the rails like that? Well, here we are in 2018. Our legislature passed a bill, HCR 7, that specifically outlines goals to deal with this problem. So that's what you can do with an organization. That's very interesting, uh, Charles, and that that's uh, an impetus for this particular episode of the program. Uh, you kind of felt alone, right? And then you found the organization, you matched up, uh, and it fulfilled a need for you, and you're able to help the organization as well. Right. Yeah, well put. So how can individuals get involved with Citizens Climate, and you know, who do they talk to? Do they talk to you, or do they go to the website? Tell us how to get connect. They, they could call me, uh, Charles Ashurst. I'm in the phone book, or call uh, Jack Green, who's of Smithfield, or they could uh, go to the national uh, website, the Citizens Climate Lobby website, and, and they, they can find contact information to all the various branches across the country. Well, and thanks. I know that Jack was instrumental. I'm not sure if you were as well with the Earth Day celebration um, just a couple of weeks ago. So thanks for continuing to draw attention to to our world and and to to all the ways that we can make sure that our climate is protected and our world is protected, not only for us, but for future generations. Yeah. Well, uh, Charles, thank you so much. So we do we spotlight Citizens Climate Lobby and you can uh, can contact Charles or or Jack. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate that. Well, let's take a break. We've been uh, I've been wanting to get into the calls, but I'll ask our callers to uh, to hold on the line. Be patient. It'll only be about a minute break, and we'll get to Mark and Debbie. We have about three emails coming in, and uh, and after the break, we're going to uh, hear briefly from uh, Shauna from uh, Conservus, a for-profit organization uh, that does uh, tries to encourage their employees they do to do, good. do some nonprofits. We have benefited here at UPR from the volunteers uh, there uh, who've, who come and help on the fund drive, for example. Uh, we are spotlighting uh, the great individuals and nonprofits doing good in our communities, and you're welcome to uh, throw a, shine a spotlight on your favorite individual or nonprofit uh, at 800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. More following this break. This is the Management Minute with Professor Scott Hammond. Last summer, I was swimming laps at a public pool. A 90-pound teenager with a lifeguard t-shirt sat in an oversized chair nearby. Hardly a responsible adult, I thought. After a few laps, I heard three loud toots of a whistle. Then I looked up to see the lifeguard launching himself into the water. He flipped over a face-down swimmer, and then with expertise and three swift kicks, he brought the swimmer to the pool's edge, where his waiting colleagues gave successful treatment. If you want to look more valuable at work, become an expert who knows exactly what to do in a crisis. Surprise your colleagues with competence in a crisis. The Management Minute is made possible by the USU John M. Huntsman School of Business One-Year MBA, 
full-time on-campus in Logan, and professional MBA available statewide. Details at huntsman.usu.edu MBA. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and uh, we just heard the full rationale for an episode like this of the program from Charles, who uh, called us and said he uh, had concerns about the climate. He, uh, he felt alone, but then he got connected up with Citizens Climate Lobby. So that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Uh, shine a spotlight on individuals and, and nonprofit organizations that are doing good in our communities and uh, encouraging you to help out. And uh, then uh, connecting you up. Perhaps so you don't know exactly where to go to help. And uh, we're trying to provide some options for you. Uh, so let me get this email in, then we'll go to Mark and Debbie, who have been, been waiting patiently on the line. <clears throat> and uh, Hillary's been waiting patiently, I'm sure, to, to hear her email read. Uh, so this is from uh, Hillary Shugart, president of the Bridgeland Audubon Society. She says, Bridgeland Audubon Society is partnering with the Logan Ranger District and the Utah Native Plant Society for the first annual Logan Canyon Weed Day. That's on Saturday, May 19th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., meet up at Second Dam. Audubon is all about birds, and controlling alien invasive weeds is part of our mission of conservation, environmental education, and habitat enhancement. We also offer field trips and programs, including an armchair gardening series, on the first Fridays at Logan Library, 1 p.m. Uh, Hillary, that sounds like my kind of gardening, arm, armchair gardening. That's, <laughs> that's intriguing to me. Um, and go to Audubon uh, Facebook page to find out more, I'm sure. That's first Fridays at the Logan Library, 1 p.m. And she says, follow us on Facebook. Uh, go to Facebook and uh, type in Bridgeland Audubon. That's submitted by Hillary Shugart, president of Bridgeland Audubon Society. Uh, just to highlight that again, the uh, first annual Logan Canyon Weed Day is Saturday, May 19th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. meetup at Second Dam. That's Bridgeland Audubon Society. So thanks for that, uh, Hillary. Let's go next to uh, Mark. Uh, Mark has been waiting patiently on the, on the line. Uh, thanks for doing so, and uh, go ahead with your uh, spotlight. Great, Tom. Thanks so much. Um, my name is Mark Williams. I'm with Neighborhood Housing Solutions. Um, we have been around since 1996, and we have uh, several programs. Um, we've got our, our owner-builder program. Uh, we also offer counseling, pre-purchase counseling, foreclosure, rental housing, reverse mortgage. Um, we also have our rehab programs, which are great opportunities for low um, low interest loans for families that need help with exterior or internal repairs for their homes. Um, you know, right now with the inventory pretty low for affordable houses, our uh, owner-builder program right now is, is, is off to a great uh, year this year. We've got projects in Smithfield and in Hiram. Uh, in fact, we've got our uh, open house event, which will be Thursday, up in the Suncrest Estate which is 605E, 680 North in Smithfield. We have eight homes that families have just finished completing over the last nine, ten months, and it's an open house. Everyone's welcome to come and see all the hard work these families have put into being able to get into these homes. Um, all of our programs, uh, our counseling, everything is free to the customer. Um, they're, they're welcome to come in and help them get started, find out where they're at, work with them with their credit, their income, all those things that help 
to get them into a home. So one of the great um, things I think about your um, your home building too is it's not, the people aren't just building a home, but since they're working together with the people, they're building that community from the ground up. And I just think that's such a a great way to um, make everybody feel part of a community. So thanks for doing that. You get to know your neighbors really well <laughs> in those nine months, and <laughs> and you do. You do bonds. Uh, some great bonds are there, and, and you work hard. Um, these families really work hard to build these homes, and they're beautiful homes. Um, that's why we would love to have anybody come out and to look at it. And, and it's a way for these families to get into a home. Um, as difficult as it is nowadays, it, it's a great way for them to be able to get in and to be able to have their families and to be part of a community. So, Mark, I noticed on your website, it's uh, I think it's neighborhoodhousing.net. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, one of the yeah. sections here: home ownership for pe- persons with disabilities. Correct. We do. We have um, uh, various programs that people can come in that have different disabilities that we can work with them. Um, to be able to get in whatever modifications need to be made to help them to be able to get around their home. This is what we can help them do. How best to, how best to help? Um, the best thing to do is to, um, with, with our communities, um, with our families, you know, they, they are committed to 35, 40 hours a week on top of their current jobs. Um, a lot of these families um, would love any help. I mean, they, they, they recruit their family members to come and help them and uh, but also just to get involved and, and help make each community um, great wherever wherever they live. Um, we try to promote a positive influence in the communities that we're in and uh, to build strong families and and uh, just to be able to enhance those communities. Well, thank you so much for calling in. That's Mark from Neighborhood Housing Solutions. Thank you. Thank you. And the website, again, is uh, neighborhoodhousing.net. And uh, we have Debbie, who's been uh, waiting on the line. Debbie, uh, go ahead with your spotlight. Thank you, Tom. Um, I'm with the United Way of Cache Valley, and each year we host a gala to raise funds for our 16 partner agencies. This year, our gala is being held on Thursday, May 24th, beginning at 6 p.m. on the beautiful Utah State University campus at the uh, Taggart Student Center Ballroom. Um, our keynote speaker and theme this year is A Legacy of Giving and All That Jazz, which means Gail Miller will be in town, who is the owner and chair of Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. Um, we will also be honoring with our Give, Advocate, and Volunteer Awards, Stan and Joyce Albrecht, uh, the former president and first lady of Utah State University, Katie Jensen and Rhonda Kingsford, the... Um, the uh, English co-directors <laughs> of um, the English Language Center, and also Sam and Casey Maloof with the Maloof Foundation. Uh, as I mentioned, we have 16 nonprofits, uh, Bear River Head Start, Sunshine Terrace, Senior Citizen Center, where we um, the money goes to Mills on Wheels, Bragg Senior Companions, Bridgerland Literacy, Cash Community Food Pantry, Cash Employment Training Center, Cash Valley for Hope, Cancer Foundation, CAPSA, Central de la Familia, Common Ground, Community Nursing Services, English, the English Language Center, the Family Place, Friends to Children's Justice Center, Options for Independence. And uh, we would love everyone to come out and support our 16 agencies. Uh, for more information, you can 
get on our website, unitedwayofcashvalley.org, or call 435-554-8631 or 435-752-9541. Okay, uh, thank you. Debbie, thanks for all the good that United Way does. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's Debbie from United Way of Cash Valley. And uh, that's a good segue uh, to our in-studio guest we welcome in uh, now, because I, I notice when you go to unitedwayofcashvalley.org uh, and you scroll down, you see their sponsors. And so that United Way is, an orga- is a collection of uh, nonprofits who are, who are also sponsored, receive some help from some for-profits. And so there's some great for-profit organizations helping out the nonprofits. And uh, we have a uh, representative uh, now from Conservus, which is a for-profit company, uh, right? But uh, we, uh, we now uh, welcome in uh, Shauna from Conservus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here today. So again, uh, disclaimer, uh, we've had a, a many great Conservus volunteers come and help us with the fun drive. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, as has Sunshine uh, Terrace. So yeah. thanks, thanks to you. So, so tell us, what's, what's this, uh, I guess you're, you're involved in, uh, in helping to encourage employees to yes. get involved in, in volunteer opportunities? Yes. Uh, about uh, in 2010, our president and founder, David Jenkins, had the vision that um, businesses in the community have an obligation to help organizations within that community. And so at that time, he formalized a program we call Conservice Cares. And part of that program is we encourage our team members to spend two hours a month during their working day volunteering in the community. And not only that, but we pay them their wages during that time that they're volunteering. Uh, And so it's a great way for our team members to be out in the community uh, providing service uh, to those organizations in Cache Valley that really need some help. What What do you feel like this? Uh, it's got to be a win win, right? For you're you're in the business of making money. Uh, how do you feel like this and benefits your employees and your organization? Well, it, it pr- does provide some community awareness of our organization and who we are and. Um, and uh, word of mouth is always good. For us, business in Cache Valley is about recruiting. We're always looking for great team members. And so the more people that are talking about Conservice is, is a great thing for us. But really the primary reason we do it is just because we feel like it's our obligation to give back to the community that's given so much to us. What feedback do you get from employees? Oh, they love it. Um, mm-hmm. Last month, we had almost 600 team members participate in Conservice Cares, and it's something that they look forward to doing uh, on a regular basis. So um, I wish that we could provide more opportunities for our team members to go out and provide the service in the Valley. So I'm kind of on the other side of this. If you're an organization that needs volunteers, uh, primarily in Cache Valley, uh, the work generally needs to be done during business hours. But if you're in a, a in an organization that can accommodate some regular volunteers, I'd encourage you to reach out. Uh, the best way to do that is an email to cares at conservice.com. So C-A-R-E-S at conservice, C-O-N-S-E-R-V-I-C-E dot com. And we'd love to get you on our list. Every month we send out a, a list to our team members of different places they can go. And that list signs up fills up very quickly, uh, and so we always have team members looking for places to go and do service. All right, so, so cares once, at conservice.com. Yeah, so once they once uh, 
that's identified, is it up then to the employee to match up with the work, or how how does how do you help facilitate that? Yeah, ultimately it's the it's the employee's responsibility to find a place to go serve, uh, but we provide uh, a list that we send out every month, and it's open sign up, so they can hop on and put their name on the line. Um, and so the more of those types of opportunities we can provide, uh, the easier it is for our team members to go serve. But we have many team members who their service is going to their ch- child's classroom and reading two hours a month. Uh, we do lots of work in local schools, lots of nonprofits, including Sunshine mm-hmm. Terrace. That one fills up fast. Our team members love to go play bingo with the residents there, whatever that monthly activity is. Yeah, I think, too, especially I know you employ a lot of USU students. And one thing I remember missing in college is that opportunity to have intergenerational contact. Yeah. And so I know our adoptive grandparent program really benefits from conservative staff. So thank you so much for oh, what yeah. you do. It's a favorite. Okay, um, and we'll, we'll loop back to you a little bit later in the hour. Just to have about ten minutes left. Uh, we're, we'd love for you to uh, spotlight your uh, favorite nonprofit or individual doing good in the community, and we're trying to connect up individuals with uh, places to to help. So appreciate uh, the opportunities from Conservus there. Um, here's how to reach us: 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or you can reach us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Here's an email. This is from Michelle. We are a nonprofit group that provides a twice-monthly meal served at the First Presbyterian Church in Logan. We're talking about Lowe's and Fishes, a community meal. Um, so we're a nonprofit group that provides a twice monthly meal served at the First Presbyterian Church in Logan by different volunteer groups from the community, including religious, civic, and non-denominational groups. Our meals are free and open to everyone. We serve people from all aspects of the community, including seniors, families, people on the margins, and prominent members of our community. We are in need of five volunteers who can help us regularly once a month with meal planning or setup and cleanup or donations from local businesses. You can reach us through our website, cashloavesandfishes.org, cashloavesandfishes.org. Thank you for highlighting these wonderful groups in our community, and we are a very giving and community service-oriented society here in Cache Valley. It's wonderful to hear about these new groups and all the different opportunities. So that's uh, cashloavesandfishes.org. I'll repeat it again, cashloavesandfishes.org. That's a wonderful opportunity. I may know a little bit about that yes, organization. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more. So, yeah, I'm actually on the board for Loaves and Fishes, and it's, you know, we've been providing steadily growing numbers of meals, um, I think, last last meal was over almost 300 people and we do have a meal this Saturday so if people want to come and and see what that's all about um, again we always say the best way you can volunteer is to simply come and eat it gives you an opportunity to interact and meet new people um, to help build community here across the valley so um, it's a free meal and it's a great way to volunteer so hopefully we'll see everybody down there on it Saturday is. my wife and I volunteered there and it's it's a great great time good opportunity uh, Stacy is next up on the phone Stacy has uh, called us uh, I believe from Cash Humane Society uh, yes absolutely my name's Stacy I'm the director down at Cash Humane uh, so tell us uh, tell us what you do great so Cash Humane Society is your local nonprofit animal shelter here in Cash Valley Um, We're here to take in owner surrenders if circumstances change and somebody can no longer provide for their pet. We're also the central impound for most of Cache County. So if your dog or cat goes missing, uh, we are the first place to look. So 
give us a call, check our website. Um, we actually have a fantastic reclaim rate. About 70% of our dogs do go home to their they're very worried families, um, so we're happy to be a part of an, an effort to keep those those pets safe and, and reunite them with their families. We yeah. also offer a affordable spay-neuter clinic weekly, and that's, uh, those are services open to the public. They vary by species and size, but average about $55 to get your animal spayed or neutered. And then uh, lastly, one of our programs that I'm really proud of here as the director is our education program. We're operating both an after-school club during the school year where kids come down straight from school and they learn about animal welfare. They learn to be great pet owners. They're introduced to career, career professionals. Um, and then they can also join us for our summer camps. We do 10 multi-day summer camps every summer where those kids come hang out with us, us at the shelter and they learn all about animals and they help us take care of shelter animals and help train them and help find them homes. And uh, how best to help? What, uh, what, what's your biggest need? Um, our biggest need, certainly, we, we are so grateful for our volunteers. We have about 100 active volunteers every month, and they are coming in to help exercise and train dogs. They are petting and grooming cats. Um, if anyone has any clinical skills, we always need more clinic volunteers. Those guys are helping us with vaccination boosters and just general health and wellness with our shelter animals. And like, like most nonprofits here in the Valley, we depend on community support to accomplish our mission. Um, and I think one thing we always work on messaging to the public is that your local Humane Society, whether it's Cash Humane or wherever you live, is not a chapter or an affiliate of, you know, say, the National Humane Society. That's an independent organization. Um, in that case, they focus predominantly on policy. So if you have a local shelter and you donate to that local shelter, your, your support is staying local and helping local animals. Um, so reach out to us, reach out to the shelter wherever it is where you live and, and help them out because they, they do need it and that money does go very directly to helping homeless pets in your community. Okay, Stacy with Cash Humane Society, thank you so much. All right, wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, the contact point, cashhumane.org, cashhumane.org. Uh, let's take another break, uh, shall we? And then uh, we'll come back with our final segment. And uh, we should probably hear about Sunshine Terrace Foundation, right? Love Since to we share. have uh, Amy Anderson with us. And we'll hear a little bit more about uh, the volunteerism that's encouraged at uh, Conservice. And uh, we have with us uh, Shana from Conservice. Uh, we hope to hear from you. You have another, oh, uh, six or seven minutes to give us a call. Uh, shine a spotlight on your favorite nonprofit or individual doing good. 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495 is the toll-free number. Or upraccess at gmail.com. Upraccess at gmail.com. More following this break. On the next Radio Lab. My name is Alicia Faith Pennington. She is truly a non-person. My parents neglected to file a birth record of any kind. I kind of feel like I didn't really exist at all. If you're legally invisible. Oh my gosh. I've never seen this before. What would you give to be seen? There are consequences for her abandoning her status as a free woman. She could walk off the face of the earth and nobody would know she was gone. The Girl Who Didn't Exist on the next Radio Lab. Join us Saturday at noon on Utah Public Radio. 
The other thing young women know is if you're going to go out with a stranger, you meet them at a neutral place and you call at least one friend and say who you're going out with and where you're going. So I proceeded to call no one and give Mark my address. I thought, if this guy's a murderer, this could solve all my problems. Join us for more stories told live. This week, six stories by women around the world. That's on the Moth Radio Hour from PRX. Join us Saturday night at 6 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah today. As we periodically do, we are shining a spotlight on nonprofits and individuals doing wonderful work in our communities. They do essential work and sometimes don't get the recognition that they deserve and uh, perhaps the help that they need. And uh, so you may be wondering uh, how to help. Well, we're trying to connect you up. And uh, here's how uh, to reach us. We have another four or five minutes. If you'd like to get in a quick spotlight, we'd uh, certainly love to accommodate that. 800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. Hillary has emailed back in. I expressed some interest in the armchair gardening series, and so uh, she's jumped on that. Thanks, Hillary. Uh, Armchair gardening series from Audubon is co-sponsored the Logan Library and Bridgeland Audubon Society and uh, partnered with the USU Permaculture Initiative. They meet on the first Friday of the month, 1 to 2 p.m. in the Logan Library. So this coming Friday, Combinations for Conservation, Plant Groupings for Low Water Landscapes. Adria Wheaton, Center for Water Efficient Landscaping, will give the presentation that's in the Logan Library Bonneville Room this Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. And that series, Armchair Gardening Series from Audubon, is on the first Friday of each month at 1 o'clock, Logan Library. Thanks for that, uh, Hillary. just have a, a couple minutes uh, left. Amy Anderson has been uh, my co-host for the hour and want to give her a chance to spotlight the organization she works with. Well, thanks. Yes, yeah, so Sunshine Terrace has been um, around for almost 70 years. And one thing that I think is an advantage of working for a nonprofit is we also firmly believe as people give to us, we give back to the community. And one of the ways we do that is through a variety of different support groups that are hosted at Sunshine Terrace. One is for people with grief and loss. It's called Peaceful Healing. We hold that every Monday um, at 3.30. It's held in our outpatient physical therapy and rehab center at 209 West 300 North. So if you know someone who has a loss either of an individual, of their home, um, divorce, I mean, many of we grieve many things. So we provide that every Monday at 3.30. We also partner with the Area Agency on Aging with a caregiver support group that's held every second and fourth Tuesday from 1 to 2.30. Caregiving is a job that none of us usually are trained for or expect but are kind of thrust into. So caregiver support is the second and fourth Tuesday. We also recently um, launched a rock steady boxing program, which is for individuals with Parkinson's, um, where they come into the gym. um, And those boxing techniques actually help with uh, managing Parkinson's. Um, And so along with that, the Parkinson's support group has moved to our AquaWorks um, building. And that's held the first Thursday of the month at two o'clock. Um, and they bring in physicians and caregivers and all of that to help um, both the individual with the disease and, the, and their family to help understand. And then we also hold a soup and stroke support group. That's on the third Tuesday of the month at 4 o'clock. So anyone who's been impacted by stroke is welcome to come to that. We start with soup because it's a safe place for people as they're kind of maybe relearning how to use their hands or to eat or to speak. It gives them a safe place to start to uh, to re- reorient themselves. So again, that's held. 
And right now we're also doing a Dementia Dialogues class. Um, it's on Wednesdays from 4 to 5.30. And for the next four weeks, we're going to be helping caregivers understand how to best help their loved one with dementia, with communication, with behavior, with environmental impact. So those are some ways that Sunshine Terrace gives back okay. um, to the community Wonderful. as well. Just 30 seconds, uh, but uh, what's the biggest need down there? The biggest need um, is individuals, especially on the weekends, to come in. Um, we have an adopt-a-grandparent program, so to just come in and for individuals who may not have family in the area to be that loved one to, right. to help them with that. Yeah. What's the best contact point? Um, they can call me. Um, my work cell is 435-535-5296, and I will pass them on to the appropriate person. Okay, great. And uh, just about 30 seconds to remind people that uh, conservice employees are – Willing to volunteer. So what's, what's the best uh, contact for to, to get connected up if you're an organization? Yeah, organizations could, should send an email to cares at conservice.com. Uh, let us know a little bit about what you're needing and what the schedule's like, and we'd be glad to line up some volunteers to come help you. Um, ideally, it's work that can be done during the business day. Uh, so our team members can take advantage of their CARES hours to do that. Okay, CARES at conservice.com. And um, we have with us in studio Shauna from Conservice. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Amy Anderson from Sunshine Terrace Foundation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. I always enjoy doing this, and I look forward to hopefully doing this again in, in let's, six months. Let's, so. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. And thank you so much to everyone who has responded. And thank you, sincere thank you to everyone who's uh, doing that essential work, uh, sometimes without much fanfare, but very much needed in our communities. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, the Trump tax reform and what Democratic economists think of it. I mean, $3 trillion is a lot of money. Also, the costs and benefits of dragon babies. Since ancient times, Chinese people have believed that babies born in the mythical dragon year were destined for success. That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Join us tomorrow morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. Heard on KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard online at upr.org.